G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Fight for Success podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ride. Ride, welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. This is awesome. Like, great to be on here. I've watched a couple of the episodes already, and they are just packed full of information. And if anyone is watching this, you should definitely go check out all the other videos because there's so much good information in there. No, I appreciate that, mate. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, really and, good. Mate, where, where, where are you coming in from? Uh, coming in from Brisbane in Fernie Hills and Arana Hills. So, yeah, shout out to everyone in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Brisbane. You're, we we you're should have Brisbane done this in well, face so, to yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> we should have sat down in the same room. Yeah. But this is the new age, uh, you know, podcast now, isn't it? It's all over Zoom. Yeah. And you can be anywhere in the world and have anyone in your Zoom interview, which is makes it so much easier, I'm sure. That's it. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, man, what, what, what's coming up in the future, isn't it? Like the whole metaverse and everything is, you're going to be like living in, um, yeah. living in the virtual world. It's crazy. Yeah, that's right. Like we'll be in the same room, but not in the same room. And I'll yeah. be dressed up as a rhino from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> mate, um, just, for, just for the viewers at home, just quick 30 seconds. Mate, who's ride? Oh, I guess I am first and foremost a father and a husband. That's definitely my personal mission is to be the best father and uh, husband I can be. Uh, after that, I'm the chief espresso officer at Coffee Beans Delivered, which is our company online coffee distribution and uh, also a coffee educator and researcher. And then after that, I would say I'm a jazz muso and I'm into like basketball analytics and uh, lots of different sports and games, board games, European board games. So, yeah, I just am a person that's into everything and I like to do everything uh, that I get my teeth into. I like to do it really well. Like I don't want to just do average. I want to make it the best. Love that, mate. Love that. And so what, why, why coffee? What, what's, what, what got you into coffee to start with? Yeah, so weird. I was, so I was 17 and, and this is about manifesting. Like this is a clear example of manifesting and how strong your mind is, how powerful it is. But I was 17, I had my heart set on going to NIDA, the National Institute of Dramatic Arts, to become an actor. And that was my goal. I, had, I knew I was going there. I just... There was no option. So I left Adelaide. I grew up in Adelaide, left there, went to Sydney with a suitcase and dreams. And I had a half-brother that was, um, had a cafe across the road from NIDA at the Union New South Wales. And so I started working there just helping out. Hated coffee. I actually had had probably two coffees in my life before that. Uh, just tasted disgusting. Had to have six sugars in it just to down it. Um, but then he was taught by this, uh, what I guess we now know as espresso, is, you know, it's really sweet and it's yummy, delicious. You don't need to add sugar. There's natural sweetness and characteristics. He got me into that style and I slowly uh, got really addicted to coffee that way. Um, then that cafe actually closed down and the, I, because we were across the road from NIDA, we had all of these uh, students and the teachers and the head of teachers were all coming across. So I got really friendly with them. When it's closing down or when it was uh, time to close, they said, hey, do you want to come and start a cafe in NIDA? Mm. And it was just coming up towards the end of the um, year. So I had to make a decision. Do I audition for NIDA or do I just go start a cafe in NIDA? So I thought, what the heck, I'll go start a cafe. I don't, I don't know anything um, about running a cafe or anything. I've uh, just been helping out in a cafe, but 
you know, there's an opportunity there. I always say yes to most opportunities. And, and so I did it. And so I ended up in NIDA and it's that thing of make sure you care for what you wish for, because I got my dream. I was at NIDA, but just not in the way that I ever thought that I would be. Um, but it was even better because I experienced NIDA. I was in some of their movies, I was in some of their shows. I had a relationship with everyone from NIDA, met all of the best stars, all Nicole Kidman and, you know, just some of the great Australian uh, stars. Um, and then, yeah, just did coffee, got paid to go to NIDA and uh, be a part of NIDA. And, uh, yeah, that's how I fell into coffee. So then I found this love and over the years I've just, it's sort of snowballed and I've ended up realizing that we don't know much about coffee at all. Mm. The world doesn't really know much other than it's a caffeine kick, which is what most people assume coffee, caffeine, they're the same, one and the same, but they're not. 2% of a coffee bean is caffeine and the rest is packed full of nutrients that just have health benefits. Uh, so yeah, I'm really passionate now about educating the world and supplying the world with the best tasting coffee that you can get. And that's how I got in here. Yeah. That's really awesome. Like, um, <clears throat> it is interesting. Like the, the the taste of coffee, um, when you first taste it, a lot of people don't really like it that much. Is, yeah. Do you? Do you I, I was actually hearing my um my mother in law. She said at one time that coffee tastes like morning breath, and I love coffee. Don't get me wrong, I love coffee. But <laughs> when I actually had a sip of it the next day, I was like, it actually does taste like morning. Breath. <laughs> so yeah, is is it an acquired taste or is it something that you know like usually people just drink the wrong coffee when they first start? Yeah, a bit of both actually. Like the what people don't understand is coffee is very similar to wine and you know not all wines are the same as mm. you know you can buy bandrock station you know we used to that thing that was the best uh, wine in the 90s um and you know it's ten dollars a flagon or whatever and uh you know that's what you drink but now we understand like there's varieties there's sauvignon blanc chardonnays and there's definitely different prices you know you wouldn't expect to go out to a restaurant and pay $3 for a glass of wine because you'd mm. just be like, well, I wouldn't even want to drink it if I could get it that cheap anyway. <laughs> and coffee is actually five times more complex than wine, um, but we just haven't had the education around it. So we don't understand that that bitter instant coffee flavour that tastes like coffee breath uh, or morning breath, that is actually a different species of coffee that's called Robusta and it's, it's what we've used for hundreds of years as mm. being the commercial grade coffee that everyone drinks. Now, probably in the last 10 to 15 or probably 10 to five years, the um, specialty coffee name has sort of got it a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a buzzword. And aside from it being a buzzword, it's actually a real term that we use in commercial coffee industry um, to say that's the highest band of coffee quality that you can get in the world and they're and they're rated same as wine from zero to a hundred on an exponential scale so it's a lot harder when you get from 60 to 70 in the quality score than mm -hmm. it is to get um from say 50 to 60. so people don't understand any of this what that coffee that you mentioned that yeah does have that sort of taste and it, it is an acquired taste really bitter dark burnt roasted sort of flavors usually is lower grade coffee Mm. And I've converted thousands of people over the years. Um, some take longer than others. You know, one, one of my friends just converted last year and that was a 15-year uh, journey. But, um, yeah, 
there's it is an acquired taste. Obviously, there's a distinct coffee flavor, but there's also a sweetness. Like milk has a sweetness. There's a coffee has its own sweetness to it. And I think that's when you start to introduce people to how coffee can taste when it's prepared correctly, when you have the great tasting quality uh, coffees. And you will actually, and maybe adding in it a bit of chocolate or something like that to, you know, help you jump that, bridge that gap. Mm. Most people actually do find that coffee tastes really nice. But, you know, just like when you had your first beer or your first wine, you didn't go, wow, this tastes amazing. I can taste all the fruity notes in it. You didn't do that. You went, yeah. get rid of that. I don't want that. And that's like coffee. It's yeah. the same. You have to adjust. It's probably the same situation, though, where <clears throat> when you have your first beer and your first wine, you're probably drinking the pretty low-grade stuff as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's right. You're yeah. not starting on a $1,000 bottle. Yeah, that's it. Of nice wine. I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna to have to test this because my my missus, she's um she's she's not a coffee believer. She doesn't. She's, ah. She never drinks it. So I think I right. have to come to Arana Hills and um, yes. What 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 type of coffee for someone who is not a coffee person? What yep. coffee would you serve them for the first one? Yeah. So I have a blend that we created over 20 years ago, um, which is still stands the test of time, and we've only just been updating it and updating it, but. Uh, it's caramel based. So I think a lot of coffees and blends out there are chocolate based because I think most people like chocolate. So they go for a dark chocolate. It also helps when you're um, making the coffee. If you stuff it up, it can still cut through the milk nicely. So a lot of people choose to make a blend on a chocolate base. I went, I really love caramel and more than chocolate. I love the caramel multi flavors. So Mm. we created this blend called Il Caramello and I usually start people on that or give them both. I give them a chocolate blend and a caramel blend. And I go, here, you take these, you try these and tell me what your palate likes. Because I think it's still an art. It's not a hundred percent science. And, you know, you might enjoy caramel and you might hate chocolate or mm. you might like fruity and you hate nuttiness. So there's so many different flavors in coffee that we can now hone in on that it really comes down to I have a chat with a uh, conversation with the person, what sort of flavours do you like? Do you like chocolate? Do you like caramel? Do you like hazelnut? Then if I'm, if I'm starting them on the journey, I'll always, I won't start them on a black coffee because that's just, that's torture to people. Like that's just horrible. Yeah. You're going to give someone their first coffee. You make it as close and as sweet as you can so that they can get over that coffee, that barrier. And so if they like hazelnut, I might add a little bit of hazelnut syrup in. If they like caramel, you know, the, the flavors of the natural flavors of the coffee are caramel, but I might add a bit of caramel syrup in or chocolate um, syrup in as well. So that just usually helps get people adjusted to the, the just their palate. And then it's a journey because after that, you just keep going and going and going. And, and the longer you go on it, the more down a rabbit hole you end up going, which is rewarding. Yeah. That's so not a bad rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> so it's kind of like um, when you're trying to get into wine or something like that, you might try it with orange juice or something. Didn't just or yeah. or if you want to get into beer, maybe some people do shandies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you do the lemonade. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the same thing. Like you you push past it because of the effects that you want. Like it helps you get up in the morning, gives you that alertness. Um, so you you might drink coffee just for the caffeine kick. Uh, but yeah, if you want to really start to appreciate coffee then you really need to get high quality coffee to start with and then you can just keep honing it in. But yeah, for sure. Like if you need to add syrups, sugars, whatever to get you started, 
because there's a lot of health benefits. And I think mm. that's something that's not really talked about. We always refer to it as this drug, it's addicted, it's addictive, you know, but it isn't. It's actually a not classified as an addictive substance mm. uh, because you can, you know, have three days without coffee, you'll get headaches, but then you'll be able to get along with your life without having um, caffeine. Mm. Um, but the caffeine component is so small. There's so many sugars and oils and good acids in there that really just are great for your body overall. So having a coffee a day, aside from giving you a caffeine boost, is actually beneficial to your health as well. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so you mentioned there was like 2% of caffeine. So, so what, what are some of the, I guess, health benefits for the other 98% that coffee can add? Yeah. I mean, there's so many there's, so firstly, it's great at for like um, balancing your blood, blood levels, your sugar blood levels. Hmm. Um, it helps prevent a whole range of diseases like Parkinson's. Um, it helps with uh, arthritis. It helps with cancers. Uh, a lot of the cancers in, say, like the colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, um, kidney disease, uh, lung, uh, sorry, heart disease as well. These are all the things that they're still uh, discovering and still obviously not having eight coffees a day. That's not going to be good for your heart. But mm. having two to three um, coffees a day, um, if you take the milk component out, then obviously milk, you know, if you're having two liters of milk, that's unhealthy as well. But if you're having it's uh, black coffees or you're having limited milk, the coffee itself just has so many nutrients, uh, nitrogens, phosphoric acids that just uh, give you, um, you know, really, I guess it's, it's not even just what it gives you in your body, but then using it afterwards, after you've used it in your coffee machine, you can put it on your garden and the mm. nitrogen from it helps your garden grow and you can wash your hair with it. You know, I've got lovely hair because I wash my hair with coffee <laughs> all the time, but it really does. It's like something you can use. You know, you've heard of body scrub, obviously. Yeah. So there's so many applications for it. We are only really just touching the pinnacle of that iceberg. Mm. Uh, and it actually can be turned into a biofuel, a biodiesel. We're just working out ways to run buses on it in the uk they've got a program on there that is running buses fueled on coffee grind so after it's gone through a cafe gets donated to this processing plant gets mixed in with the diesel and becomes a biodiesel to run the buses around london uh, which is cool. brilliant like yeah i mean these are <laughs> some of the things that we are starting to understand that coffee is not caffeine that's yeah. been a big misleading uh, part that the media has told us all our lives what, what, why is that? Like, is it just purely education or like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I think a large point of it, large part of it is uh, cost. Because mm. if you um, keep the costs down, you can help uh, like make profits for your company. So your big companies like, yeah, um, I don't know if I'm going to say them on here, but uh, Nestle, uh, they and, and Starbucks, they have plantations, they work with plantations around the world that at a commercial level doing volumes and volumes. So for them, you know, keeping the margins as wide as they can is their primary focus. And mm. we owe a lot to those huge companies, us little guys. So I, I'm not going to sit here and bag them because we owe so much to them because they are the way that the mainstream people get into coffee. Yeah. But what they are doing is they're really trying to keep the prices down here at the farmer's level, which is why we don't really grow coffee in Australia. 
mm. um, because you, we can. We we have all the great climate here in Australia, in the top half of Australia, you know, Brisbane yeah. and, and beyond, to make great coffee. But the wages are too high. But in mm. the you know places like Ethiopia, Uganda, Kenya, and you know, South America, South they America, have yeah. a lot of lower uh, wages. And you know, some of these farmers, it's their life. So they have a small two-acre um, size land. They grow maybe 50 trees on it and they might produce one 30 to 40 kilo bag of coffee every harvest. And there's usually one harvest, maybe two harvests a year. Mm. And they might get 50 cents per kilo from that. Um, so, you know, that's their livelihoods. Uh, they can't really make ends meet because the, there's so many middlemen along the way that are trying to get profits. So then by the time it gets to this end, we have to sell it for $3, $4 a kilo, uh, sorry, $4 a cup. Um, you know, they've got to make enough healthy margin. And mm. so I think that's why we just keep saying it's don't worry about the flavors because if you don't care about the flavor of coffee and you only care about the caffeine, the um, caffeine hit is the same across the um, every variety of coffee once you go down from the two main species. So, yeah, wow. the that's why I think they're trying to just push caffeine as the main thing and rather than taste, because if you go and taste, then you wouldn't go to Shell and buy a dollar coffee because mm. you just would go, oh, that's um, unacceptable. And maybe they don't want to bring awareness to what's actually going on. You know, there are some companies out there that are doing the wrong thing, yeah. um, you know, child labor and, and uh, underpaying. So it's becoming more and more of an awareness piece now. And I think in the future, my prediction is that coffees will become a luxury item the same way that wines are. Yes, you'll have your ones that you just need a caffeine hit. But I think for the most part, people will go, right, I'm not going to go out and get a takeaway coffee every day because that's you know $10 a cup or $14 a cup of coffee. It's not feasible. I'll stay at home. I'll get my beans in. I'll get the high quality beans. It'll still cost me you know 3 or $4 a cup but I know how I like it. I know I'll make it and it will taste so much better. And I know that I'm supporting, you know, the farmer quality and, you know, sustainability of coffee as well. Yeah. Because there yeah. is a problem. There's actually a real problem that we are running out of coffee. Really? Um, we are using so much coffee. We are producing less and less, but the consumption level is going up. Mm. So at some point there's going to be a, a crossover where, we produce less than we consume and we've got a real problem there. And that, and that looks to be predicted by 2050, maybe earlier because of COVID. 2050. So, wow. Mm, yeah. It's pretty scary. And because climate change as well, obviously yeah, plays a factor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a real problem. If we don't fix coffee now and start paying the right price for coffee. Um, yeah. We, we're going to be, <laughs> I don't know what would happen if we ran out of coffee. There'd be a lot of upset people. That's right. Where, so where, where do you source your coffee from? What part of the world? So, yeah, all over. I, Me personally, I love exploring the world of coffee and that's a big part of my mission is to help others explore it through the coffee, the parts of the world. But a lot of Africa, the um, east coast of Africa has fantastic coffees growing there. So Ethiopia, um, Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, they have just beautiful coffees there. South America, obviously, Brazil is the largest exporter of coffee around the world. Mm. Uh, 30% of coffee comes out of Brazil. Uh, but then there's Colombia as well. There's Peru. 
And there's a lot of the Central American countries as well. So Costa Rica, Guatemala, Nicaragua, those, those places all produce really fantastic coffees. Mm. Um, not so much in Australia, but mm. I, this has been a bane. I've been trying to source locally grown coffee for ages. I found one down at Mountaintop in New South Wales and um, beautiful coffee as well, really nice, really high quality. They sold, so they had a really bad season. I saw them just before the end of uh, beginning of COVID um, and they had had bats come through and eat all of their cherries. Ah. And so they lost about, uh, I think, eight ton of coffee. So they sold and then the new farmers uh, came in and replaced it all with macadamia and avocado trees. Yeah. So. Yeah. Super sad. I guess Super there's sad. just not enough profit margin in Australia to produce it, but hopefully that'll change. Yeah, I actually, I stayed at a um, <clears throat> coffee farm in, I can't remember if it was Colombia or Peru while I was there. Oh, right. Um, yeah. But they, they showed us the entire process to go from like growing the crops all the way through to pouring the cup of coffee. Yeah. Man, it is a process. It's a huge yeah. process. It is. <laughs> this is the thing. People just think, because we call them beans. They're not even a bean. They're, they're a not cherry. even a bean, yeah. Yeah, they're a cherry seed. But we think beans, and I don't know if this was, again, part of that marketing thing to just push the price down, but, you know, baked beans, coffee beans, oh, they come out of a can. We dig them up out of the ground. We eat them with the dirt. I don't know why we called them beans. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so misleading because the process of getting them out of the cherry into your cup I did, a, I did a video on this, exactly this part of how expensive coffee should be compared to how much it is now. Mm. Um, wine goes through about nine steps from growing it on the grape, uh, on the vines to getting it into your cup. It's about nine steps. Uh, so it's not, it's still a process, um, but wine has about four times the yield of coffee. So for each grape you get, uh, for each vine, you get, you know, three or four bottles of um, wine out of it. The coffee on the other hand is, yeah, just hardly any coffee gets it off a tree and it goes through 35 steps to get from that mm. first part to when you drink it. So yeah, it's, um, but for some reason we don't value it the same way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a massive process. <clears throat> I couldn't believe um, the the amount of steps that it takes to go from the you know the tree all the way to your cup. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um, but you you were just touching on like the differences between high quality coffee and you know low quality coffee. Um, you you were saying it's like two percent caffeine for the high quality and ninety eight percent of um, like really good benefits. Are the low grade coffees kind of a similar percentage or like so- are they are they bad for you or? No, they're not bad for you. Uh, still, all coffee is good for you. It's more just around the taste. I think that's the biggest factor. There's um, actually in the lower grade coffee, so the two main species of coffee, there's Arabica, which you might have heard, and Robusta. Yep. yep. So Arabica gets banded around now, 100% Arabica coffee, but Robusta is still in most blends, and especially if you're buying Servo coffee, you, it's just um, a robusta coffee so it actually has twice the amount of caffeine in it than the arabica Mm. Um, but the caffeine is a bitter component so that's why it's a lot more bitter Um, and there's not as many natural characteristics nuanced characteristics in it so um, you have to roast it like a steak you know if you get a bad cut of steak you just have to cook it for longer to make it taste better you know Mm. and it will taste it'll still won't taste as good as a nice wagyu but it will still taste um, edible and it will be nice and you just it's a, just a time processing and cooking 
Mm. Coffee's the same. When you have a lower quality coffee, you have to roast it longer so that it um, gets more of the, rid of all of the horrible taste ones, but it tastes roasted. So it tastes dark and bitter, but it's less like a dirty sock. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's the, that's the difference. The, uh, the flavor is probably the thing that I think in terms of health benefits, all coffees are very much the same just in the plant itself. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the 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 cons- like misconception would be completely changed if people understood it did, did start with a berry, wouldn't it? Yeah, like, well, yeah, that's the thing. You, yeah. you would be like, how is this? How can this possibly be bad yeah. for me? Yeah. Well, I always this is what I get so fascinated with. I'm so such an obsessive person that I go down these paths. But I have tried to think, what is another stone fruit that we take the cherry, the flesh off, discard the flesh take the seeds of the stone fruit, dry them out, wash them, dry them, then export them, crush, roast them, crush them, pour boiling hot water through it to extract this liquid and then drink it. There's no other plant that does that. Yeah. You wouldn't do it with an apricot. You wouldn't do it with a cherry. You would, but so this is such a unique substance. We just take for granted. And, and most people couldn't tell you beyond that tastes good or that tastes bad or, or I don't like it. I like that and I don't like it. Um, most people couldn't tell you beyond that anything about coffee. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like it's it's not really like a, um, an issue having a, cup, a few days, cups of coffee a day. It's really the, the milk is probably the bad part of it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Like yeah. people forget that you're having 16-ounce coffee, like you have your 16-ounce cappuccino. That's half a litre of milk, 480 yeah. mils of milk. So if you're having two or three of them a day, that's a lot of milk. Yeah, That's actually probably the unhealthy part. If you could get over the flavor and have black coffee, which you just need high quality coffees to enjoy black coffee, um, then you're just giving, it's water. Essentially, you're Mm. just drinking water and then all the other nutrients that are in the coffee seed as well. So yeah, I think if people started to understand what was involved, plus the health benefits and we start getting away from this narrative of it's this addictive drug. A lot of people don't want to have coffee because it's addictive, you know, like, oh, I can't have it. Um, but we have decaffeinated coffee, which mm. tastes absolutely amazing, tastes as good as regular coffee, and it should do. But again, we've been told that decaf is horrible. That you, Why would you drink decaf? You know, all the jokes about decaf, why bother? It's not even a co- real coffee, all of those things. And I caught so much of it every time I do a video about decaf. I get so many people commenting, going, why bother? What's the point? Uh, who would drink this? And actually, there's a lot of people who would drink it because not everyone can handle the caffeine. Uh, so if you want all the other nutrients and not the caffeine, then decaffeinated coffee is perfect for you if it tastes good. So but the decaffeinated just- coffee still has the other 98% of all the, yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah, okay. that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> packed full of nutrients. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a bit sad that, well, I guess people do, like most people drink coffee. So people do understand at some level, there's something more to coffee than what we know. Because mm. you can buy caffeine tablets out there for 10 cents a tablet, and that's got four or five coffees in one tablet. So why wouldn't just everyone just have a caffeine tablet every morning, save yourself five bucks and have a 10 cent tablet and you get your four coffees or 20 bucks yeah. at the moment. Um, and, uh, but nobody's doing that because there's so much more to coffee that than what we really can appreciate and not really sure 
how to pinpoint what it is, but I think it's something to do with the fact that it's like um, just a warm hug from, you know, someone that you love. That that's yeah. the sort of feeling that people get from having their coffee. Yeah, I agree. Like it's, um, yeah, I, I feel like if, if coffee was really as addictive as they kind of say it is, people would just be going straight for those caffeinated tablets and exactly. they'd, be, they'd be jumping off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cheapest yeah. way to get caffeinated is the caffeine tablets. Yeah, that's it. So what about the milk side of things? Like the, the, nowadays, I mean, go, go back 10 years ago, it was just like yeah. you know, full cream milk yeah. or full low cream fat milk. milk or nothing. Now there's yeah. like... Crazy amount of milks. What's your thoughts on all that? Like, do you just go full cream milk or like what's? No, what's... we have so many milks. It yeah. is out of control, and they keep inventing new ones. So that's a problem for us as as a as baristas. I think that's a big challenge to overcome is the amount of milks. Um, you know, there's probably seven that we serve in the cafe. So we have full cream, skinny, lactose free. Then we have soy, almond, oat, macadamia. We used to run coconut, um, but yeah, there, there's more coming. There's potato, rice, and um, hemp. I think are the new ones that they're coming out with, or oh, and a green pea one as well, which is yeah, okay. <laughs> so many strange. But yeah, crazy. like I, I, for me, the milks I think are people's awareness of the fact that they need to start a healthier option. Yeah, and you know the old the old school way of thinking that skinny milk was actually better for you than full cream milk. Uh, I think people now realize that, well, in skim milk, they just add heaps of sugar and that yeah. just turns into fat anyway. So why, why are you taking away from the flavor of your coffee when it's your one coffee a day? Just try to get out milk or just have a full cream milk and don't have full cream on your cereal or something. Mm. Yeah. Um, exactly. But yeah, the milks, the milks are out of control. And I think I would love to see more and more people drink black coffee, uh, maybe even just a dash of milk. Uh, because there's so much natural flavor in coffee and in, in nuanced flavors that you don't get in the milk drinks. Mm. So the desserty sort of drinks might be like a, you know, you might have that at an evening in the future and then, but you have just black coffee throughout the day. That might be something that I see uh, trending, but it's going to take 10, 10 years before that really takes off. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But, but so, what, what is it that keeps you kind of inspired with uh, keep keep going in down the coffee coffee route? Yeah, well, so I keep coming back into it. I ever since I fell into it in two thousand, I just keep coming back to it. And every time I come back to it, I keep going. Oh, there's more to learn, or there's more to discover, more to help people with. So for me, it's my own fascination and, and obsession with anything that I do that keeps me focused on coffee. I'm a big advocate for human rights and for sustainability. So there's, you know, I hate to admit it, but I'm in an industry that isn't great for climate change and, and sustainable future because it does create a lot of carbon dioxide emissions. Mm. Uh, when you roast coffee, it lets off carbon dioxide. And so, you know, the amount of coffee that we're producing and roasting each day around the world is contributing to that. So there's, mm we're trying to look at ways that make farming more sustainable, that uh, roasting is more uh, sustainable for the future and that people still get the great results of coffee, but we don't destroy as much along the way. Mm. So I'm really hoping over the next, I think, you know, if I could finish in 10 years time and helped really positively impact that entire supply chain from end to end, 
with just the education and research and experiments and just being that person, that conduit between the every person, the person who drinks coffee and doesn't understand it, and the farmers and the industry, and just be that conduit to say, this is what's happening and this is how it can help you and this mm. is what it means to you at your home. I think if I can leave that as my legacy in the coffee industry, then I'm, I'm super satisfied and then I'm going to tackle music, which is my other true uh desire i guess obsession is music people call me the coffee man chief (laughs) espresso officer but i would call myself a muso uh after that yeah Uh, that that. would be that's my next challenge yeah we'll have to do another episode one day of um (laughs) muso side yeah exactly (laughs) mate um if if people want to hear a bit more about you know you you a bit more about coffee and learn a little bit more about it do you do you have like any like online channels or yeah um courses or anything i can do yeah, we have uh, quite a few actually. So we've got coffeebeansdelivered.com.au where you can purchase all of the coffees that we supply from around the world. And on there is also a whole bunch of online learning as well. So there's courses there that are machine specific. So Breville Dual Boilers, Breville Barista Express and Pro. Uh, those are two of the popular Breville machines that are uh, selling at the moment. Uh, but we have your also your kickstart your coffee journey so if you're just getting into coffee at home you can look up that and watch all the videos there or if you don't want to pay for one of the courses you can go to youtube i put a lot of free stuff out on youtube i go through all the origins every country around the world i do a video on just to explain their history with coffee Mm. this coffee's been around since 500 ad so it's been around for thousand plus years uh, it's been growing for 57 million years, but we've only been drinking it uh, when we discovered it yeah. for the last 1,500 years. Um, but every country, including Australia, has this rich history with coffee. So I'm really like hoping that I can share that knowledge with everyone uh, to enjoy. And, you know, obviously tips and tricks on how to get the best coffee at home, mistakes, common myths everything you need to learn, jump on YouTube and search for coffee beans delivered and you'll find all the videos there. Okay. Awesome. Mate, I really appreciate you jumping on. Um, I th- yeah, I th- thanks I for having me. I've learned a whole bunch about coffee today. <laughs> so um, we can start, uh, yeah, we can start getting your partner uh, converted next. That'll be the next challenge. I'll come up to your house and, uh, and show her what uh, she's missing out on. Okay, sounds good. But I'm, I'm keen to check out your cafe as well. We're yeah. a little far from Marana Hill, so I might um, come in and come try some coffees as well. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome, mate. Um, well, appreciate you jumping on. Um, I'll, I'll chuck this up on YouTube and all the uh, podcast apps. And for anyone who's around Arana Hills, please check out the um, check out your cafe. Do you yeah. want? Sorry, do you want to um, give the address yeah. for the cafe? Look, if you're in Arana Hills, come to Four Patrick's Road. Uh, it's just next to the Commonwealth Bank. And uh, yeah, you can't miss it. It says coffee in a big sign across the top. So yeah, just look out for that. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for having me on this show. It's been fantastic talking to you. Awesome, mate. Appreciate your time. Um, For anyone who's in Arana Hills, please check out his cafe. Um, And uh, yeah, mate, I'll chuck this online and we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. Appreciate your time, right? Fantastic. Thanks very much, Michael. See you later. See ya.